Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Good morning everybody and welcome to our online service, especially to all the other Shofar congregations that are joining us this morning. It's really a privilege for me to share the word. Um, the title of my sermon is Dare to be Different. And it's, it may be a little reflection of my first experiences with Shofar as a young believer. But before we continue, um, I want us just to pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we have, that we can come together in different places to meet with you. And we thank you, God, that we know that you are with us. And Lord, we pray in this time that you will speak to us, that you will grant us to hear your voice and to hear you lead us to where you want us to be. And God, I pray that you will grant us to be humble and to hear you and not man. And Lord, give us the boldness to follow what we hear so that you may be glorified in everything. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start off with Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15. It says the following, Therefore I also, after I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power, His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in heavenly places." What a powerful introduction um, Paul writes to the church in Ephesians. You know, as a young man, uh, I grew up in a Christian home. I I went to church all the days of my life. Um, Every Sunday I was in church. I I became born again when I was 16. I was baptized with the Holy Spirit when I was 21. And and all this took place while I was still in a very traditional church. I was hungry for God. And I was seeking for more. I was seeking for something else. And then one day, by accident, I walked into a shofar service. And I remember that day, the moment I walked into that gathering of believers, I I felt at home. Even though nothing that I experienced there was familiar, not, not the songs, the worship, the sermon, or the fellowship, it was completely different But immediately I felt at home. There was just something hard to describe that happened to me. There was something different about these people. They were not just loving Jesus. They they did not just have faith in Christ and loved each other. There was something else about these people. So hard to describe, and, and I'm sure many of you will be able to identify with it. I grew up with Christians, people that had faith, in Jesus, and loved for one another. But these people, they had something else. Paul writes to the Christians in Ephesians, here in Ephesians, from verse 15, For this reason, ever since I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you. And I want to stop there. 
It's so interesting that Paul is writing to believers who have faith in Jesus, that faith that is expressing itself in the love for one another, that he continually prays for them and asks that God would grant them something extra, a crown above all that they already have. He never stops praying for them, asking that God would add something to them, something not from themselves, but from God. And so we continue to read in verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Paul keeps on praying, asking God that God would grant them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The eyes of their understanding may be enlightened into three things. And it's these three things that I would love to share with you this morning. What are these things that Paul is asking that God will grant these believers to make them different, over and above their faith in the Lord and their love for one another? Three things to be added to their faith in Christ and their love for each other. Three things that would require God's grace, His revelation and supernatural enlightenment for them to grasp. Three things that would make them different. Let's continue to read from verse 18. That you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe. Three things. The hope of His calling, the glory of His inheritance, and the exceeding greatness of of his power. Now, now here my wife will know I had to use extreme constraint not to make this a four-part series. But because of um, the time constraint, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simply give an introduction into these three things. It's profound in how it impacted my life and, and, and so many others. And I, and I believe it's also central to who we are that makes us as a shofar family of churches different. Firstly, this concept of the hope of His calling. This, this calling, of course, refers to, to our salvation. Uh, we have been called out of the world, its corruption, its sinfulness, and its coming wrath. And being called into the kingdom of God is righteousness and God's family. This calling and salvation came at great cost to God personally. Not only to establish it, but also to prove to it that this calling is sure and that it is real. In Numbers 23 verse 19, we powerfully read about God's calling. It says here, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? You know, as man, we, we make many plans. We often on paper design great designs, but seldom build it. Or, or sometimes we even start building these great plans, but we run out of money, or, or we change our mind, or, or we die. And many of these projects become unrealized, unfulfilled, and incomplete. But God's plans are different. God's plans are certain of completion. Just thinking about the manner of completing his great salvation and the cost, the price that he paid for it. By sending his son to die so that we can be called out of this world into his kingdom. 
just thinking about what it cost him makes it clear that he is committed to the completion of this plan. Therefore, God's calling into his plan gives us great hope. And that's what Paul is praying for us, is that we will uh, understand, that God will open our eyes of our understanding, that we may be enlightened by revelation to understand the greatness and the hope that we have in his calling to be saved. Hope not only that we will escape the coming wrath, but that we are now part of His plan to be saved and to overcome the world. Just last week I I shared about this concept that God calls us to become overcomers. And the root word is Nike, this, this great brand that we know that literally means to gain the victory. God is calling us not just to escape sin and its consequences, but to be part of the victorious team. The the plan that has been established from the beginning of time, that we can be part of that. There is, therefore, great hope being part of God's calling. Hope not only that we will escape the wrath that is coming, but that we will have the victory, being part of God's plan. And you know what, what God gives us through this revelation? This hope, there's something powerful about hope. Hope stimulates effort. Hope motivates action. It calms sorrow and fear. And it keeps us positive despite the circumstances around us. This is the powerful thing of hope. Hope is not wishful thinking. It is based on our understanding and revelation of who God is, His character and His promises. And since God's promises are as as certain as He is faithful, and we know that He is actively working all things together for our good, both in this life and in eternity, even when we face the most difficult circumstances, we remain hopeful. And this hope makes us different. When everybody around us is negative and afraid and have even given up hope, we who have been called by God remain hopeful. We have this hope in the calling of God that in the end it will turn out for our good and we will have the victory. So we remain hopeful in God. 1 Peter 3 verse 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks for the reason for this hope that is in you. You see, hope in God makes us different. Then the second thing, this this glory of His inheritance. Paul is asking that God will grant us um, revelation and insight into the glory of His inheritance. Now, Now, we have great promises in the Word of God of our inheritance and reward in heaven waiting for us. Now, now that in itself is a great motivator to live for eternity and not to be tricked by the devil who wants to distract us or derail us by the deceitfulness of earthly riches or the pleasures of this life, but rather to focus on the prize, the crown, waiting for us and to run in such a way that we may obtain it. But this, 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 this is one thing that, that struck me while I was preparing, as I was just reading and meditating upon God's Word. What I noticed was in all these things, the hope of His calling... The glory of His inheritance and the exceeding greatness of His power, 
It was all about He. It was not about me. It was not my calling, but His calling. It was not my inheritance, but His inheritance. It was not my power, but His power. And so, so this, this great inheritance Paul is praying for is that our eyes of our understanding may be enlightened into something deeper than just our understanding of our own inheritance, but that the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints may become a reality in our lives. We not only have an inheritance, but we have become an inheritance. His inheritance. It is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. His inheritance and the glory of knowing that is what changes everything. In Deuteronomy 20, 32 verse 9, we read the following. But the Lord's portion is His people. Jacob is His allotted heritage. In Psalm 33 verse 12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people He has chosen as His own inheritance. The riches of the glory to be chosen to be God's inheritance. It's a very powerful phrase that we may know the riches of the glory of His inheritance in us. The best way to describe this is, is the, the glory that comes with being chosen for the first team or a provincial team or the national team. I remember when I was chosen for the provincial hockey team it was not just a great honor to be part of the team, but there was glory that came with being chosen for this team. I, I, I remember receiving um, school honors, colors, for being chosen and, and walking around on the school with this glory of being chosen for a provincial team. And so there must be great glory to be chosen for the Springbok team. But this glory to be chosen for the Springbok team cannot compare to the glory of being chosen as God's own special people. And you know what? We have received this inheritance. We have received both. A great inheritance from God one day when we enter into heaven, but we also have become His inheritance, His own special people. With both these realities in mind, we must live as such. We must live as those who have been chosen. We must live as citizens of heaven who belong to God. We must live as saints, God's holy ones, separate from this evil world. This makes us different. This makes us different because we realize not just what is waiting for us, but who we have become in Christ. When we truly understand this, we cannot but live differently. And then lastly, the exceeding greatness of His power towards us. In Ephesians 1 verse 19, it continues, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in heavenly places. What is this exceedingly great power towards us? The same power that raised Christ from the dead. Well, it is the power of the Holy Spirit. 
It is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that makes us different. The gifts, the fruit, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in and through us makes us different. Now, I, I remember when I walked into that, that meeting, that group of believers, I was struck by their difference. I, I, was, I was struck by how normal believers prophesied, spoke in tongues, prayed for the sick, and shared the gospel with boldness. We should pray that God would grant us more, more of His Holy Spirit and His empowerment, that we too will, will, will manifest the gifts and the fruit and the purposes of God, not just in our services, but in our lives outside of church. That we should not only believe in the Holy Spirit, but that we should know and experience the exceeding greatness of His power in us. My time is running out, and I wish I could spend more time on this, but Paul writes to Christians who had faith in Jesus, love for each other, and ask God to add, to crown them with something extra, with revelation and understanding into these three things. Three things that would make us different. Hope, destiny, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? If you put these three things together, you get identity. I pray that as shofar, we never lose our identity. So I want to remind us of these things. And I pray for myself. I pray for my family, my congregation, and my church family. These three things makes us different. This is what makes us different. Young students gave up their careers to plant churches. Young couples remained pure before they got married. Parents brought up their children according to the Word of God. Businessmen become unashamedly ethical and gave to the church. Ordinary believers became prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and apostles. And Jesus became preeminent, Lord of all, in every aspect of life. Some just called us radical. <laughs> Others called us other names, cults, sects, and extremists. But we were just radical for Jesus. We found our hope, our destiny, and our power in God, and we still do to this very day. I pray that we will increase in these, in the hope of His calling, the riches of His inheritance, and the exceeding greatness of His power. And I trust that this introduction, uh, as it was in Ephesians, will, will inspire us to read on to search more and to ask God, to ask God Himself, to pray this for ourselves, that God, that You will grant us um, your, your spirit of wisdom and revelation, that You will open up our eyes of our understanding, that we may know these things, that we may know the hope of Your calling and the riches of Your inheritance and the exceeding greatness of Your power in us, that, that we will pray and ask God for this in our own lives, in our family lives, and in our churches. So that God may be glorified in us being different. Different in this world. As we bring glory to Him through everything that we do and say together and as individuals. May God bless you. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word and your promises, Lord. We thank you for your encouragement. Lord, we thank you that you call us to yourself. Thank you for saving us, for redeeming us, for making us new, and filling us with your Spirit, 
sealing us with the knowledge and the reality of you with us. And Lord, giving us this great expectation that one day we will be with you and like you for eternity. Lord, I pray that in the meantime, Lord, that we will encourage one another to be different in this world, to be those who are called by your name, who have been saved and sealed and in your family. Lord, that we will be ambassadors with boldness, Lord, sharing the good news to those around us and living everything that you have promised us so that you may receive the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.